I'm Brandon Fountain. I'm Matthew Allen. And this is Let's Talk Filmmaking. Okay, today is another special episode where I introduce one of the other hosts that will be pretty much giving their stories and giving their opinions to a lot of the questions that you'll be asking us and that was Matthew Allen so kind of give your you know backstory uh backstory um well I've since I was a teenager I started working in radio and going far far back um I was really interested in videography and filmmaking, not so much the writing aspect of it, but the shot composition and just running a camera. Eventually, um, when I went to college, I ended up kind of becoming fascinated with the screenwriting aspect of it and and less of, you know, the shooting and editing and everything which are still things that I do today but it's not my it's not in my main wheelhouse um yeah just to give y'all a little insight Matt is actually my writer for my business Productive Lens Studio he's really my my right hand man you'll hear me talk about him a lot in terms of how I started the business because he pretty much had a very huge uh, part he played a huge part in that but in terms of like writing, like I let him like just take the wheel majority of the time, you know, full wheel. Yeah, I try to rein it in. I try to bring you in as much as I can. Yeah, you but did yesterday. You know, you you really let me kind of take off with a lot of it. Uh, normally, the ideas I come up with, you're like, all right, let's shoot it. And I that can be good because I have a lot of creative control, but it can be bad because there's nobody to like rein me in sometimes. Um, you know, in in the past, we're currently you know located in the Shreveport, Louisiana area, and uh, the thing that has probably been most successful for me uh, in recent years was a short film called Action Movie Three: The Sequel, which was a satirical action um, flick for a short film festival called the Louisiana Film Prize, which is done here annually, and. That did really well. It, it ranked in the top 20. Uh, we were told the top 10. So that was that was great. Got to sit in a theater and watch my work that I not only um, wrote but acted in. So if anybody out there is curious to see my ugly mug, they can always Google Action Movie 3, the sequel, and watch the trailers. And the actual film is, is also on Vimeo. That It's easy to find with a quick google search so. it's actually a pretty funny movie pretty funny <laughs> well, film. yeah so. i think you might be being too generous we got a few laughs in the audience and that was good i think that's kind of the key and that's what keeps me doing it is you know you sit behind a computer and pour out all this stuff or behind a you know i'm kind of traditional i actually write mm. a lot of my stuff in a notepad and then that way my second draft is the one I put in the computer is a second draft because I'll edit as I'm going through, which a lot of people I don't think do that. Um, but it's a really good way for me to kind of edit qu- 
quicker because when I'm when I'm writing my initial draft or the vomit draft that I've that I like to call it and I've heard other people call it, I I didn't come up with it, but um, uh, I'm just kind of pouring over that. I'm writing frantically, and then on my second draft, I'm you know transcribing that into the computer. So, you know, it's uh, you sit you sit and you do that for so long, and the reward you hope is to see people react to it as a final product and that can act that can be good and they can be bad because you know a lot of stuff that majority of things that you write especially at our level my level don't get made you know they don't get made um and i think even for larger hollywood writers things that they majority of spec scripts that they would write um do not get produced so having something that you've written seeing the final product, seeing characters that originated from your mind or in a group setting, uh, you know, go through this process and actually become a tangible thing. And your imagination made real is kind of the allure that brought me into writing in the first place. And that's what kind of keeps me bashing my face into the keyboard late at night and, and writing over and over and over again, knowing that majority of things I do will never be seen visually on a screen i know one thing a lot of writers seem to want to know is one when do they finally stop writing two when do they put their script into action as in uh let me rephrase that what do they do with their script and just Actually, no. Let's just hit those two. What? When do they finally stop writing? And when do like do when do you know when do you know your when do you know your script's finished? Yeah, it really isn't ever finished. Um, there's always something. Just like a when you're editing, you know, a film. There's always something that could make it better, but eventually you just have to go. You know. Yeah, I've heard I've heard stories. I've seen documentaries and and talked to people that, you know, it's like. I've been working on this screenplay for five or six years and like, brother, that's too long. You know, like you need to stop, you know, find an endpoint, get it into somebody else's hands because if you're wheeling this over for that long, you know, I've had ideas that aren't finished scripts that I've been mulling over for a decade and they've grown, but actually writing a script and, you know, you continually do rewrites like, to do that for that long and to never have it finished, you know, get it. Another misconception that bothers me is this idea that you can't share your work with other people. Like somebody's, yeah, that's, somebody's going to steal it, you know, that's also part of, uh, the film too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Video, video people and the, the creative side, they feel like you tell their secrets and you know, they like, Oh, you're putting yourself out of a yeah. job. And, and I'm that, like, no, not really. That's, to me, that's one of the biggest mistakes, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, we're, de I'm definitely in an amateur level. I've, I've made a little money off of a couple of things that I've written. So I guess in the term professional is being paid for something that you do. I'm technically that, but only in that sense, you know, I'm very much an amateur writer. Um, so, you know, I, I've already realized that you can't hide ideas from people, you know, even if somebody tried, if you come up with a brilliant idea and you shop it around and you talk to people about it, that that's how that idea grows. 
And if somebody else hears it and they decide to write it, they're not going to write like you. They can't write like you. You write like you. They could write it and they'll they'll come up with a different movie than you came up with. So don't be afraid to, you know, brainstorm with other creative people. Uh, And hopefully, you know, like me, if I heard somebody's idea, I'm not going to steal it. So I feel like a lot of, there's this misconception that anybody, I guess, you know, you as a writer thinking, oh, if I say something, they'll steal my idea. But yeah, but would you do that? So the likelihood is no. And the likelihood that they will is very low also because there's this general thing that I found with creative people that they're usually if they're truly creative, they're not going to steal somebody's idea. And if they steal your idea, they're probably not creative creative enough to actually finish it and make it good. So being worried about that I think is silly. And, you know, besides if you lock your ideas away for so long without telling anybody about it, it's never going to get made anyway. anyway That's you know. true too. Uh, well, what was your other question? I would, yeah, I want to touch on this a little bit more because, in terms of other people stealing your idea, one, I feel like a couple of elements will keep them from. So we have a lot of people that will do a movie based off a book, and one thing you would see happen is they never truly go by the book or uh, comic. You know, it's not the same. And that kind of, for one, true readers hate that. Like, they they don't like that. So I feel like if someone were to steal your ideas, it wouldn't even be the same because they don't yeah. see your vision. They don't know, like, they don't have your creative, creative mind, like you said. Well, yeah, and I think it goes back to exactly that. What I was saying is, you know, they're not you. Yeah, they can, they don't write like you. They don't think like you. They might come up with their own version of it, but that's it. It's going to be a version. It's not going to be the same thing. It's not yeah. going to be a carbon copy of your idea. And you know, ultimately, I'm I'm not saying don't protect, you know, your work. It's not what I'm saying. You know, you can get, you know, your scripts and screenplays and things copywritten, and and that's something you should do. But at conception, where you're throwing ideas around, you know, what do you think of this? Like, always practice pitching because you know if you're gonna sell a script eventually anyway, you're gonna have to pitch that to some executive. And if you can't pitch to your best friends or your coworkers or girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, then there's you know how are you gonna how are you gonna pitch to an executive? It's it's not something that you should be afraid of doing. It's something that you need to work on now. So whenever the time comes, somebody goes, so what's your script about? You've done it a thousand times. You've yeah. said it a thousand times. Yeah, you know pitching, what your vision is. Yeah, pitching is a whole other skill you have to like just work on. So doing that alone, yeah. If if that's practice, then you want to do that. Oh, yeah. But um, the second question, it was what to do with the script. When you're finished with it? Yeah, when you like, when you're like, okay, this is it. Uh, I can't do anything else with it. I've, it's, you know, done, it's considered done. What well, to see, do that, that's the big question, isn't it? Because it's, I've heard a thousand answers to that, and you know, personally, I haven't shopped off any of mine. Uh, a lot of, a lot for a lot of years, uh, especially on the tales of that action movie three, the sequel film that I did which was a short film you know there was a lot of focus on let's do another short film let's get really good at doing that so I've written probably 20 to 30 
short films at this point, and I've written about three features. And I ha- I fall into the, the trap of kind of what we were talking about, not not being happy with what it is, you know, and there's, there's, you got to take some time to become a writer, you know, you, and the only way to do that is to write. So the focus on the written word for a long time and, and doing that over and over again, you know, and I think ultimately there are, there are screen play, uh, competitions, just like there are film competitions. Yeah. The, the Academy Awards has probably the most, you know, I arguably the the biggest in the world, the screenplay competition. Um, it's the Academy Nickel Fellowship, and if it, it's an international screenplay competition, and it's extremely, um, extremely competitive. You know, there's, I, if I'm not mistaken, some some years nobody wins. What? Yes, like th- nobody cuts it. Sometimes there will be one or two winners. You know, it just depends on the quality of the screenplays they get. But they'll get thousands of screenplays, so they're turning down sometimes. You know, if they get five thousand screenplays, they may turn them all down. So you know, if you can win that, that's a major deal. You know, yeah, uh, so that's something you can like put on your bucket list. Oh well, yeah. I mean, if 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 you're at a level that you could win that competition you know you're at a level you could be making feature films but that's that's another misconception is that you have to get it in front of somebody and you know they've got to buy it and all this because that's that's really hard to do it's extremely hard to do you know the thing that i i really liked and you know uh i've heard several you know i listen to plenty of podcasts i've read tons of screenwriting books over and over and over again and it's one of those things like I think a pure way of doing that is finding other creative people who know sound, who know how to run a camera, who know lighting, who who can be a director, who can be an AD, or maybe you can do some of those jobs as well uh, to where you can make a proof of concept film, you know, write a script, cut it down to where you could make some kind of short off of it and get it, get it on the internet. You know, do doing that over and over again, taking your scripts, entering these competitions, finding where you could send your script to executives, you know, and and hammer that over and over and over again. You know, the if you have the talent to do it, you know that that's that's great, and that's half the battle. But you actually have to go out there and push it in, in front of people, you know. And we're all guilty of not doing that enough, I think. You know, especially at this level, it's like we wouldn't be at this level if we were doing that more often. So, you know, and I'm no expert by any means, but it's definitely one of those things like getting, it goes back to that hiding your work and keeping it secret. That's never going to get you to being a, you know, industry screenwriter or industry filmmaker or industry, you know, DP or, you know, anything that's, if you're not willing to go out there and do it and get in front of people and show what you've got because everybody you know everybody and their brother is trying to break into Hollywood so you got to find your own way of getting in I do think um, the more I hear it the more it sounds uh, me as a filmmaker it's it's pretty much the same similar it's very similar 
like I have videos that I still have to post that I have done but you know nobody knows what I can do until I you know show those videos or I don't know what I can do until I actually go out there and uh, do it in, per in terms of bettering my skills um, there is one thing in terms of finding the people you know once you have your script is finding the right director and the right filmmakers because we uh, the right DP because you know we've done films and it's like one like the film we did last year uh, one everybody should have read the script it's hard to do a film and you haven't read the script uh, it's it's one of the things where like it can pretty much mess up the writer's vision well and here's the thing as a writer this is hard to say but sometimes the writer's vision sucks you know, as a writer, you're not uh, just because you're a, a, even if you're a competent writer, you know, that doesn't mean that you're a good director or you, you know, how to chop and screw a movie together because, mm -hmm. you know, getting other human beings together to read your written word, act it out, somebody to stand there and record it in with their special skills of holding the camera and, and all the different lenses that can be used and the lighting that can be used and sound design and you know all the the scoring and and editing and you know you as as a writer you don't necessarily know what's best and being able to you know you've heard that term kill your darlings you know you have this thing you're very passionate about you love it you've you spent hours and hours and days and days and days writing this thing be willing to just totally let it be torn to pieces because if you want it made, you got to think of your script as a blueprint, not, you know, some law that stands that cannot be moved because I, I know as, as a writer, there's been times where I've read, I, I, some of my favorite books are, I know I'm going to catch flack for this, but Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Stephen King is one of my favorite authors, as he is, I think, to a lot of people, especially in the horror genre. You know, and I love Stanley Kubrick. Hate The Shining, the movie. I just, I just can't stand it. I mean, I understand all the things that people are saying. You know, it's not, it's not supposed to be a, a exact translation or representation, and mm -hmm. there's all these special things, and it's supposed to have all this deeper meaning. But I love the original story that King wrote, and, he, and it was bastardized, in my opinion, by that movie. Now, you know, no one has explained to me. He made, he made his own, like, miniseries out of it, which also was terrible. But we have to learn how to – and it's, it's my fault because I'm, I, it's hard for me because I love the written word so much to separate myself from – got to separate yourself from that visual aspect. So, you know – being able to let let it go, separating yourself from your own work so it can be made into a final finished product is understandably hard. But what are you trying if if all you want to do is sit and write and that be it and no one change that, become a novelist or something because film writing isn't for you because filmmaking is a communal experience. It's not a one man show. Not even as a novelist wouldn't like 
even they might have to change. A well, editors things. and things, yeah, but yeah. I think less so than screenwriting. Screenwriting, you're going to get put through a wood chipper, <laughs> you know. And I've done, I've written shorts and things for directors, and I had a vision for how I wanted to write it. And a good exercise is finding somebody that has an idea. They want to produce some kind of short film or a feature film, and you tell them you'll write it. Well, you're going to write something, and they're probably going to hate a lot of it. But it's good practice because if you work for a a company and you're writing for them, they're not going to like a lot of the things that you write, and they're going to tell you, well, I want this changed, I want that changed. And you need to learn how to, you know, well, I, this scene, I spent so much time writing this scene, and I love this scene and the dialogue. They don't care. They didn't like it. They don't think it's going to sell. And that's ultimately what it is. It's not going to make any money. So a good pra- good practice is finding somebody with a vision for their own film. They're not very confident writers, so you write it for them. When you write it, you're going to think it's great. They're going to hate it. They're going to want these things changed. And then you go change them, you know, within reason. You know, negotiate Pleasant, was- pleasantly, but but negotiate nonetheless. If, if, it's, if it's the right person. Pleasantly, I will say, um, there's a there's a guy here. He's a comedian here, and he told me he was working with a another guy that was. He asked, "Can he be his comedian in a movie?" Uh, and I guess while they was doing the film, he the comedian changed the line some, and I talked to him. He was like, "Yeah, he did. It was hard for him to." allow me to change the script because what he had wasn't funny and he was like if you brought me in as a comedian to make your film funny you have to let me do what I do you have to let me do my job and he was like he told me that was one of the hardest things working with him because he said the film really wasn't all that funny well but that it's difficult because there you gotta stay in your lane because mm-hmm. it could be one of the things like hey you're funny, I like who you are, I like your personality. But, you know, if it gets to the point where you're on set and you're acting it out, go ahead, you know, because I've done some acting too, go ahead and, and read it like it's written and then say, can I try it a couple of different ways after that? Because I think, all, it, I think that's what happened. Well, you know, in that case, it's one of those things like, both parties or one individual party could be wrong. I think ultimately they need you know, to just come together. Yeah, as talent, you know, if you're brought in as talent, you're there to read the the lines like they're written. Because I've done some directing too. And I had, you know I've I've had experiences where they're you know, not reading the lines as they're written. Well, they might think, well it's better. Yeah, but if you say what you're saying a scene later in the movie that we've already shot won't make any sense. Yeah. So you need to read it like I've written it or like the screenwriters written it or whoever, you know, who whoever was the writer on it wrote it. And you know, sometimes these things don't don't come up in the minds of the people who are like, "Well, my way is better." Well, then you go write a movie and then you make that because you know, everybody at this point we're on set, all these people have come together, we've agreed that this is what it's going to look like. That's why you have screen supervisors, screenwriting supervisors and things like that. Things can be changed on set, but it's normally like a communal thing. Like it's just not working or whatever. And that's something that an actor can work out with a director and a writer 
but demanding that it be a different way. You know, there, there needs to be give and take. I think a good director, uh, and a lot of times screenwriters aren't even on set. I mean, we're really underappreciated people. You know, you write the, you write this, you, it's kind of like coming up with a blueprint for a building and then, you know, they, you know, builders take over from there. It's kind of, that's kind of the way it is on, on a set. You know, they don't care what the writer thinks at this point, you know, get, get them out of here, you know, tri- you know, typically. Um, so it's one of those things like, uh, I think a good director will say, let's read it like it's written. I want to get a good take of that. And then, you know, we can roll on whatever it is you want to try because sometimes also you're trying to stay on schedule and maybe we don't have time for you to run it five different ways. Maybe we just got to get what's written and move on, you know? And I think we hear a story from a point of view and we're like, yeah, that was, how dare they do that to you? But then at the same time, it's like, well, if you think about it logistically, there's, there's reasons why Mm -hmm. you would insist on doing it a certain way. So there's also that, that pre, um, the meeting you're supposed to have with the actors. Cause I know, and I'm gonna go back to, to comedians. Comedians actually do sit in with, uh, the writer and director and they go through the script before everybody gets together to shoot. And that's when they actually like, let's change this to make it slightly more funny. Um, yeah, I heard, um, who was, who was it that it was, I forgot what comedian, but he was like, when he was doing that, that's pretty much when they do it. Uh, when they get together and they read the script and that's when they decide what needs to, uh, be changed or what can, you know, well, and what it's, makes it's sense. kind of the nature of the project because, you know, it's something like it's always sunny in Philadelphia where I know a lot of that's just ad libbed on, on the spot. They have like kind of this outline, like the league. That's another show they do that on. Um, you know, it's kind of like they have this outline, they know a story structure, and they've got to go from point A to point B, but in between there, they kind of just ad-lib a lot of stuff, you know, and, you know, Seth Rogen and um, Jonah Hill and, you know, uh, some of some of these more comedic actors, they, they'll do that on a lot of, a lot of their films, you know, they're just, they're just kind of trying lines, and it's, it's a, it's a, there's a difference, there's different kind of productions, different kind of films, different kind of set attitudes about that, you know, some some writers, directors, or whatever, it's like, no, we need to do this the way it is. And sometimes it's like, no, this isn't open forum. You're here because you're a funny person. Let's get you to do some things that can make this funnier. So, you know, you got to kind of know, you kind of got to, I don't think it's, I don't think it should be that hard to figure out what kind of set you're on and what the mood is. And if you're not sure what that is, you're probably in the wrong business. But, you know, if it's that kind of set where they're like, yeah, let's throw me some stuff, you know, then yeah, that that makes sense. But um, what was that? What was that film Adam Sandler did? Um, and he had all those Native Americans on set, and he just like it was ridiculous. Something was ridiculous it ridiculous six? Set? Six, yeah. Ridiculous six, yeah. Yeah, that's a good example. Uh, people got to set. People didn't realize what kind of movie it really, really was. Right. And, you know, people, some people were offended. Uh, most of people were yeah. offended. And they were like, we can't stand here. And, of yeah. course, Netflix, you know, backed them up because they was like, the name of the movie is Ridiculous Six. 
it's a ridiculous movie. It's not meant to be taken serious, but yeah. Right. Well, there's a lot of political correctness too with yeah. comedy because you know, it, with with something like action movie that we made, you know, that was a think tank project. You know, I did all the writing on it, but it was kind of a three. You know, me me and uh, the the director and the uh, DP on it. We in in the conception of the idea, it was a lot of like, what if you know, what if this, what if that. And we just started throwing these ideas around about, you know, satirical action films and packing as much, uh, re- like silly, uh, you know, like I'm too old for this shit kind of thing, and um, you know, like the, the Terminator lines and lethal weapon lines and all these scenarios that are just, you know, cliche '80s action. And it grew, it grew from there, you know, like this culmination of all the uh, these ideas happened, and it, it was very much a collaborative process with humor but there's some things in there that are you know could be taken uh the wrong way if people are too uptight about things but you know especially if you do comedy and that's kind of a big thing nowadays it's like being comedy is one of the hardest things to pull off well especially now because this political correctness stuff that's going around it's like things that are truly funny are oftentimes kind of wrong you know, it, it's funny because it's almost uncomfortable to think about, you know, like somebody brings up something that's humorous. It's like, yeah, that's that's a thing that I think about and deal with all the time. But nobody yeah, ever says but they that. They don't talk. Yeah, about I never it. hear somebody talk about it. Like that, so to hear it, it, it's funny. Like, he yeah, said it. but it's kind of getting crushed now because uh-huh. the PC police have been kind of going out and stomping out all those fires. And, you know, you hear true to foreign comedians talk about that all the time about they're not going to fold to the political correctness pressure because, you know, it, just because something's offensive doesn't necessarily mean that it's not funny. You mm-hmm. know, those, those two things. A lot of times, things that are, most offensive things are funny, you know, and, and people can be too uptight about it. So, you know, if Action Movie Three is watched by anybody listening to this and they're offended by it, um, we're gonna I, put no, it in the show notes. No, no apologies. Make sure you send me that. <laughs> yeah, send me the link. We're gonna put it in the show notes to make sure people. Uh, sure. You know, make sure they they have it. So. Uh, Getting close to the end, what is one piece of advice you would give to uh, up-and-coming writers who haven't done a film yet? Even a short film or Even any, a short anything? Film. Uh, do do that. Do one. Make a, make a short film. Even if, you know, give yourself a challenge. Say say you only have, um, and you it's so easy. Like, if you have an iPhone, you know, Sundance had, I think it was like uh, Tangerine, I think was the movie that um, did really well at Sundance. And it was all shot on an iPhone with little, you know, they have attachments now, like for the lenses and different things. You know, if you have an iPhone and some basic, like there's basic equipment you can get out there, and I'm sure we'll elaborate on that at some other time about equipment getting started and you know there are other resources like you know film riot you know that's that's where when i knew no one you know film riot has oh my gosh so much information film about it has a crap ton yeah and and, and cl- growing and they steal yeah building yeah it's 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 growing you know mm-hmm. i think he actually just kind of uh, well, I'm trying to remember the, the guy's name. That Ryan uh, Ryan Connolly. Yeah, yeah. He, I think he just started his own kind of like master class thing. He he did. Yeah, I think he. I not. I don't know that it's called master class, but it's kind of like a curriculum that he did. He is in many things. He he went to Cine Summit last year. 
uh, he has a creative live class. Um, if he had a master, I I don't think he has a master class because I, I I would I would have seen it. He might be on something called Skillshare. That might I. It was something I saw where he was. It's it kind of that. Was it recently? Yeah, I, I saw it recently. It, it might be Skillshare because right now Skillshare is really getting with YouTubers uh-huh. to like do quick classes uh-huh. and give them uh, small bonuses. Uh, three people I seen has done it already. YC uh, Imaging. Um, uh, the you what's her name? She lives in New York. Her name is Peachy Dici. Sarah Dici. Sarah Dici. She's done it. So it might be Skillshare. Okay. So. Yeah. Well, you know, things like that. There's so many resources. So just many resources. Finding what you need, like, you know, a basic, you know, some a Zoom recorder, which you can get for really cheap, a basic mic, uh, you know. You know, in the early days, it was you'd tape a mic to the end of a broomstick and make a makeshift boom pole. It's like you can make you can make a short nothing and throw it on YouTube. And that's all you have to do to get started is like getting experience by doing that's the only way you know you're not it's like being a writer no one's you can't consider yourself a writer if you never write could you no no so you can't consider yourself a filmmaker if you never make a film so you have to go out there and just start making things and not get stagnant you know and if and stop being afraid to go out there stop thinking oh i need to i need to do this before i can do that or i got to get to this level yes, before that I can is move a on. huge trap well and you'll, you, because you'll never you'll never get out of that trap you'll never get out of it and you just got to go out there make mistakes look foolish whatever who cares you know go make go be creative and make something that is yours that you can show people and you'll learn so much by doing that you'll learn so much by even doing one project you'll learn immensely more than you can learn by just reading countless books and things like that because you'll know I need to do this better I need to strengthen my skills here I need to do this or that or whatever you know write something short give yourself some parameters say you know I only have access to these people mm-hmm. um, you know Joe's a terrible actor so he can't be in it uh, you know I, I gotta <laughs> I gotta figure out a way to use these people I, I've got these locations you know you got I only have uh, some woods behind my house, and I only, you know, my cousin owns a, a restaurant. Well, what could you do with those two locations? What can you do with the people you have? What can you do with the equipment you already have? You know, and save some money. Get some more stuff. Grow it. Keep growing. Write more. Make something better. Build, build, build. And eventually it's like, you know, are you doing this because you love it? Or are you doing this because you want to want it to be a job because I, I guarantee you if it's only to make money it will become a job and you'll you'll start to hate it yeah yeah that is one thing um one thing we'll touch on because that is so true this this field this industry isn't for everybody like you're gonna take a lot of negativity you're gonna you're gonna be shot down a lot of times and that's with like filming you're gonna you're gonna film some bad stuff in the beginning a lot of people gonna tell your stuff is bad you're gonna write you know some bad stuff or some people just won't see what you see and you're gonna have to be able to take that well and i think also finding where your focus is you know that's one of the big ones being able to everybody write. wants to do everything you know you, a lot of these short films you see the credits and the sa- there's the same name about 30 times <laughs> you know learn what you're good at and find other people that are good at other things you know, and if you got a friend who likes the idea of making movies, but they don't know what they're gonna do, 
well, you pick a job that you're going to, if you want to be a writer, then you write it, you know, if you want, and then if you want to direct it, then direct it. Well, see if he can hold a camera or she can hold a camera, whatever, you know, see if how they do with a camera or they do with sound, you know, because you have to learn how to work with people. It's collaborative. Yeah, you do. You're going to have to, you're going to have to have good people skills to work in this industry. There's no such thing as a one man band when it comes to making a movie that just can't happen. No. You know, you gotta have talent. You have to have people. You I know. can definitely like, you know, attest to that. <laughs> well, you have, you know, there. You can do it with a skeleton crew with just mm-hmm. a few people, but you can't do it by yourself. No, no, you can't. <laughs> Trust me, you can't. Because we you would if we it. could. Yeah, we, we really would. would. We would if we could. Man, we would if we could. It just that's 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 a whole nother thing. But um. Yeah, we're going to end it right there. Make sure I'm going to have, we're building a website. Um, I'm working on it. It is very, very difficult to do a website for podcasts and making sure everybody has access to it on iTunes. I don't, should I put it on Spotify? Sure. I mean, yeah. That's probably the only way I'm going to download. (laughs) Oh, you're right. Because yes. Yeah. Because some people don't have Apple. So yeah. yeah. So it's, it's. That's a whole, and I'm I'm actually gonna do something on how I did it to make if somebody else want to do a podcast, um, be able to like see how I did it, or at least learn what you actually need to get it done because that's a resource out resources out there, but it isn't like straightforward. You can't use this. You need this. Um, I might put some like that together. So, cool. well, if I could just say one more thing, uh, you know, a big problem I noticed is this one upping kind of thing that happens at our level where, you know, it's hard to be when, when you're trying to be successful and get work out there, it's hard to be happy for somebody else that's doing it better than you. And I, you know, jealousy is a difficult thing to deal with because you know yes it is the knee-jerk thing is oh they suck <laughs> i'm just underappreciated no uh-huh. one know but you know yeah but are they out there making a lot of content yeah are they rubbing shoulders of the you know network your ass off find other people to work with work with them if they're on their way up you know see if they you can grab hold there's no shame and you know because this is collaborative and they need people to help them on their projects and then maybe you can get them to help them or help you on yours at some point, you know, being supportive of other creative people is I think paramount, you know, because if you're on the rise, you're going to want people to lift you up too. So, you know, that's something I think everybody kind of struggles with at time to time is seeing other people's successes and thinking they don't deserve it. And I do, well, you know, put your money where your mouth is, get your ass out there and work, work hard, you know, write, create, that's true. You need a crew and you also want to, you know, make sure you're seen at a better view. So, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to have those show notes. I think I'm going to look into the film right thing we were talking about. Cool. And uh, we'll have the short film in the show notes that will be coming soon. I know it will be in the SoundCloud, SoundCloud uh, description. So look for that. Um, is there a way that they can contact us with any kind of like questions? Yeah, yeah. you can contact me on my Instagram. They'll be linked. Um, 
I will have an email set up. Oh, we do have an email set up now. So if you do want to email us a question or like if you need any information, just email us at ProductiveLegacy at gmail.com. ProductiveLegacy, no space, uh, at gmail.com. And that's going to be in the um, description and future show notes too. So please ask us questions. Uh, Matt will be here uh Matt will be here helping looking through looking at things from a writer and a director and just a overall filmmaker side of things too whenever you have an uh, opinion and I'll bring him in so you know send us those things but other than that have anything else no man thanks for having me we'll catch you